0: Uh, the Christmas episode. This is the fa la 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 -la episode. (laughs) I hope everyone's doing well. What a day. It's it's a a, a beautiful spring-like day in New York City. We're coming back. I like it. We had a cold day. I get it. It can still get cold. It can still snow. I'm good. I'm good. Point proven. You can snow again, get cold again next year. (laughs) <laughs> and I'll complain for the few days it's cold again next year. Um, and for all of the, you who live in cold climates, I'm glad I don't. I'm glad I don't. And of course, I'm from Australia, beautiful. It's probably beautiful. The birds are chirping. The kookaburras are scaring the shit out of anyone who's never heard a kookaburra before. It's just, it's just a beautiful time, a beautiful time to be alive. Steph, as we close we continue to close up our year. We continue to share. Continue to see the who's who and the what's what, and um, it's great. It actually felt great to uh, to open this today and see people talking with each other. I love that uh, like minded uh, people trying to uh, navigate even these holidays. You know, we start paying attention to this long enough. We start paying attention uh, long enough to how people and events make us feel, and and we start taking steps in our lives to. Uh, to live accordingly i know listening to you know there's a there's a great quote that um and i think i said it on here that was about uh just ideas of democracy in the Mm -hmm. sense of uh, of when everyone was arguing politics and this kind of stuff and i have my own views of course uh, mine are really tied into history i love like part of me and maybe this might be like a little uh, the for lack of a better term like the sick part of me but like the i don't look at it as sick obviously (laughs) you wouldn't but like you know like the the part of you that that is drawn to the train wreck Mm -hmm. whatever that part is i love that aspect of our chaos when we argue and even seeing things go quote unquote wrong because for me I do feel like sometimes if I look at it really lightly, we're all on just like some reality show for these few years, we're on this reality show and it's just, it's just called, you know, humans on earth show. Right. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it plays out like it's written, you know, when, when the guy, when the, the congressman named Weiner gets in trouble for sending pictures of his privates, like, that's hilarious when it's like the, the constant hypocrisy when it's the when it's the congressman that's literally blowing dudes in a bathroom is also the main guy in congress against anything gay like that's it, it's almost like you you're joking or this is an actual tv show and so i do look at things like this and say like wow this is you do understand why things get chaotic and when it came to like politics times i remember having conversations with people talking about how, you know, uh, governments move things and what's the difference between a democracy, a republic and these types of things. And and I always make the point of when I want to say it was Kissinger, when Kissinger, when the U.S. was being uh, accused of nation building around the world in the 60s, the 70s and early 80s. They were being accused of nation building around the world. You know, we're taking over these, we're taking out this South American government and putting in our own puppet government and all this stuff, and and this big American empire. You know, around the world, a lot of countries do look at us like that. We're the Darth Vader American Empire, mm-hmm. and so uh, I remember reading about that because I was always fascinated about the the plight, the difference between security and power, the difference between offense and defense in that kind of sense. So the greatest defense is the greatest offense, that kind of ideal and how we balance that and how it's been balanced throughout history. Uh, and I remember Kissinger saying about this about democracy and I'll get it to how it goes to families. Uh, Kissinger saying about democracy. they said, well, you know he said we're just spreading democracy. And they said, well, you're spreading democracy, but you're set for spreading it with military force. <laughs> and at the end, these people don't get to vote, they get to vote for their representatives mm-hmm. like you guys do in the United States. And that's all kinds of fuckery with that. Um, you know, he says this isn't really democracy, you're installing more republics, really. And he said, You know what? He said, for me, you're right. For me, it would all be monarchy. So it's like a real genuine moment from him where he was like, You know what, for me it would all be monarchies. He was, I'm not for democracy he said the greatest argument against democracy is a 5 minute conversation with the average voter and i always thought that that was just a funny point that was a, it was a funny point to him and and the reason i bring it back to family is you can you can almost say the same thing these times this time of year specifically here in the us um, in the United, outside of the us our, our christmas time Gets, gets heavily insulted for its commercialism. It's really not like that anywhere else in the world. The commercialism to the, to the degree that it is here, Christmas time. But what they don't know about here at Thanksgiving and Christmas time is the, the connection and reconnection of family. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen at Thanksgiving and or Christmas time. And because of that, you hear all these conversations that are depending on who's listening. Uh, it, it, it's, it's like the, 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 um, quantum entanglements, right? It depends if it's being observed or not. If it's being observed, people are like, and it's just the greatest time ever. And, and if it's being, if it's being observed, not being observed, then you're like, I can't believe kill me instantly. You're (laughs) drinking the first time of the year. The only time of the year you're drinking at 9am already, you're like pre-drinking the pre-drinking. And it's just so funny. And I, I brought up the other part because you can almost apply that in in when people ask me, hey, why you don't really go to a lot of things you're invited to. You don't people a lot for a guy who talks to people for a living, you don't people a lot. You could say that same thing. The the greatest argument against doing those things is the five minute candid conversation with anyone who does those things. <laughs> like you just know, oh, I'll just avoid that that's uh that's great it's it's uh when my friends used to it doesn't happen anymore as we're all older but it where my friends used to be like bro you're kidding you're not you're not uh you're not living that married life and you know they'll they'll you know rib you that way sometimes you call you call them or or you see the hoops they had to jump through to to go do the most basic thing while getting yelled at I'm like, yeah, buddy, you're definitely winning. It really sounds like you're winning over there. Uh, and, and so it's kind, of, it's kind of that in these conversations and you hear people entangled in, in the different parts of their lives where it's, it's they're happy, but also miserable, but also fulfilled. But at the same time, their fantasy is that none of this ever happens. And so it's just really funny at this time of year. How often we have the opportunity to shape things in a healthier way, and for how many years we won't do it at all? <laughs> how many <laughs> years we'll just will just continue it on? I love it. Uh, hold on, I, I don't know. I, I think that I think that as far as uh, uh, Dawn says, do you think that connections that are expected or the the reason suicide is higher and i think that it's commercialized that way it's kind of like it's like the um, the uh the peak of like what valentine's day is for single people right and so Mm -hmm. like you have you have valentine's day for single people it extra kicks their ass as they're seeing like everyone just um fawn over each other and that kind of stuff i think it's like that um but where a family comes along if is is it the reason no no it, it might be the tipping point but th- those the causal the causal sources for that are, are tremendous it's it's um the the reason is almost is really never the reason it's a uh, it's it's all of that wilting neglect and suicide really a lot of times suicide is is uh is like a just a a bad moment just you can't take it back you know Mm -hmm. there's no there's no you've had like bad moment blackout drunks bad decisions bad things and some of them you know you pay and and you do repercussion for uh for years some mistakes you make you just have a hangover the next day some some of life's hangovers last decades um, yeah, I I talk to peer, people all the time who who have relationship hangovers. You know, those are life hangovers. Woo, you woo 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 for one, you know, how many one-night stand babies are there? A whole lot. You know, and so so like, you know, life's hangovers last. I think suicide uh the the small percentage of suicide that are that are spontaneous and not, you know, a an indicator of extreme mental health I think those are our hangovers, um, are hangovers that you don't get to have. Like, like if you were able to talk to that person an hour later, they would have been like, dude, I can't believe I was thinking of doing this. Um, but you don't ever get to have that conversation because at that moment, that's why those suicide prevention phone lines are so prevalent and why they're so important because people who do deal with those suicide worlds know that. it it can, it can be a phone call that changes your mind. I I told you, and and I even shared one with one with you guys a a couple of weeks ago. I get those at least a few times a week. I get, I was going to kill myself, but dot, dot, dot insert a Steve quote a podcast or something like that. I get, I get at least a few a week. Um, And so the, 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 the ability to make those connections to just have someone heard or just Give them the, the option of another door or to let them, you know, to let them not see it as huge. You know, problems aren't big or small. It, it all depends on how you see yourself, right? So if you see yourself small, problems are huge. You know, when I go to the beach, when I go to the beach, uh, when I go to the beach uh, here on, on Long Island, and I remember when I was young, these waves were like three times as tall. It's not true. The waves are the same. I was three times as small. And so my perspective and memory is not inaccurate. When I remember the beach in the summer when I was a kid, I, I'm not having a false memory that these, me- these waves were taller than me. I just have to remember that I wasn't as tall as I am now. And so perspective matters. And that never goes away. It never goes away, which is why, again, because of what I've done, been through, seen the wins, the losses, everything else, it takes a lot to get my heart to race. It takes a lot for, I, I joke, I say, I could send a text message, uh, maybe even take a nap on a roller coaster if it was long enough. Um, the person next to me might be might be ready to throw up. They're so nervous and scared. For me, I, I, I nothing it. I absolutely nothing it. I don't know that you'd be able to detect that I was even on a roller coaster if you didn't know it. That's just because of my perspective, my life, my, my uh, experiences. When it comes to suicide and, and loneliness that goes beyond uh, that, is, that isn't as deep as a long mental health, um, sometimes you just need a little perspective and, and not not, don't worry, everything will be okay. That's not the perspective you need. You, sometimes they need the validation. Hey, this is this is shitty. This isn't going to be great, but it's it's not going to be what you think. You know, it's like one of those uh, conversations I wish I could have had with with Tony with um, Anthony Bourne name You know, give me give me that guy for ten seconds before he does what he does. Yeah, it's going to be shitty, dude. It's going to be shitty, but you're not taking into account how we are oh look a butterfly as a society mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. someone's going to call you an asshole and then they're going to move on because some celebrity you know lied to get their kid in college mm-hmm. and then they're gonna fixate on that and then after that another celebrity is gonna whatever whatever thing that we feel like destroying people for. And so, you know, you wish you could be give that perspective like, yeah, it's going to suck, but it's going to go away. It's not going to be it's not going to be the the life ender you think it's going to be. And so uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff, Dawn, there's so much that comes with those decisions a lot of times. And, yeah, the holiday season does uh, uh does in particular make you aware of the connections you don't have. Just like Valentine's Day makes you aware if you don't have that special somebody who's, who's thinking, uh, that, that they're, 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 they're you know, you're Valentine. Mm-hmm. So that's a great point. M-
1: M- Melissa says, my son was feeling suicidal for a few years ago. The phone call to the hotline helped him, but also life changes. Life looks totally different a year later. That's, well, so that's
0: all you need. That's what yeah. i was saying. That phone call, like you just need that. I, I, I can't express it enough in my own life. That I don't do anything half-ass. I've, I've talked about it before. Back when, back when I went through my darkest times, nobody would have known it. I had done enough talks where I could have performed. I, I not couldn't have. I fucking was performing. It. I knew when I was going to say the say pop story. I knew when I was going to do this. I, I, I have my talks. I have a thousand stories in my head. I know if I want to make you laugh, I want to make you cry. I want to make you feel inspired. I know when to pause, when to sound like I'm reflecting, but I'm really thinking about what I'm eating after I'm done with this thing. And I know when I'm going to start, I can perform it. A lot of it is performance because I've said it so many times. There are times and there are people and I, and I still get messages. I'm really fortunate because I don't do them as frequently. I still get messages from people like I oh, was at your talk in 2006 and You changed my life. And I'm thinking like, yeah, hmm, Arizona. Oh, that was the one by Tempe. Yeah, if I, I performed that. And if I had a gun when I got off that stage, when you were all clapping and standing and telling me, oh, you're the best, this is amazing. If I had a gun, I would have killed myself that moment. And that continued on. There were so many days uh, that I was just, like the closest people around me. And I, and I would say it jokingly, and I wasn't joking. What are you up to today, dude? Just doing my best to not actually kill myself today. And I had no reason. I had no reason that I thought in my head, I'm like, well, let, let me see. I, my life's awesome. And, and, and I, and I would say it like this because I'm, I'm conversing with myself, but this was one of my issues. My issues, I didn't have anyone around me I could have this conversation with. Because they, they tell you like you guys hear me when I joke with, with like my mom, a, a, agreement with reality defines your life, right? So to 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 not jump into argue someone's agreement with reality is crazy and it's the least effective way to help them. And so like my mom again, we go back to me being us growing up poor, my mom was trying to get protein into her kids, and so she would have she would make these lentils. If you haven't had lentils to this day, I think they are maybe the, I would rather eat someone's shoe than lentils. Mm -hmm. And I was always wondering why we had lentils. And well, I'd know why now, because you could buy a sack that my mom could probably carry on her shoulder for $3 and get protein into her kids. Same reason why she used to buy a box of, it was like, it was like a, it was a box and she would like add milk to it and it would turn to mashed potatoes. But it was like these snowflakey looking things, the craziest shit ever. But then again, my mom would make these, these lentils and I would be gagging, probably dramatically like a five-year-old would. But I remember telling mom, like, mom, this is so disgusting. And she'd say, oh, Steven, there are char- starving children in Africa all right, that's fair. And that sucks. However, this is still so disgusting. Like that one thing to tell me that means nothing. And so I didn't realize then obviously as a kid, but as I got older, I didn't realize I didn't have the, the type of relationships you can have with, you know, Melissa's son called able to say whatever, just let me tell you what it is. And then you give me something different and don't say shit like, oh, it's going to be great. If I were to tell anyone around me at that time, hey, man, I don't, why, why, I I didn't have anyone in their defense. I didn't have anyone with the capacity to say, yeah, you know what, you've accomplished a lot. And when people accomplish a lot, they do have the, so what else am I doing Mm -hmm. thing? That is a very common thought. The guy who invented the camera, the Kodak camera, mm-hmm. the guy who invented that killed himself afterwards. And he wrote a suicide note that said, Dear friends, my work is done. Why wait?
1: Oh, oh
0: I understand that more than I understand most things. And back then, I was adding alcohol to that. And back then, I was adding shitty people around me to that. So no one had the capacity. If I were to be like, hey, man, I feel really lonely they'd be like are you kidding me everyone wants to hang out with you and talk to you everyone wants to be you You just talk to a group of 500 people Uh, of that a hundred of them are asking where you're going afterwards they want to be i we had to put a security between you and some of these people what are you talking about you're lonely your life sucks my life sucks dude i go to a cubicle monday through friday nine to five my life sucks. You're in Arizona today. You're in California tomorrow. You're in Florida the day after that. Are you kidding? I want your life. How could you be? So there was nobody who would just listen to me that the lentils are disgusting. And, and, and that telling me that they're starving children in Africa didn't help me understand why I'm eating these things. And so, so, as time would go by, I would finally realize slowly, and, and I never obviously attempted, I, I, I don't think I attempted suicide in the conventional way, but I do think I did in the cowardly way. I I do I do feel like I was I went on a self destructive binge that mirrored that of Bukowski and Hitchens, the people I admired. I was gonna drink and I was gonna drink and eat and recklessly die the, the the writer's hero. And that was because because number one, I was thinking in an unhealthy way. And number two, I didn't have the people around me. Who loved me enough to tell me to go fuck myself? They only love themselves enough to know that if they if, that if I disagreed with them, I would cut them off. And so, so uh, having those people around are huge. And and it is in those times, uh, like Don was bringing up, it is in those times that that people do become aware of what they don't have and it's not the, the reason for the suicidal thoughts but it, at times unfortunately for the the small percentage that don't have it as a mental health condition uh it could be the the the, the triggering point the, the causal point and that sucks and that's why we're always grateful for people who 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 do man those who, they, who do man those um, uh, those phone centers and, and email centers and rehab places. And for the people who do end up sharing, again, every single message I ever get, which again, there's a, several a week for the past 20 years. Uh, every single one of those, I don't know those people. I didn't send them anything. Someone they love, knew associated with, whatever. Shared one of my quotes, or put it up at work, or something like that. You know, so they they actually, while I'm getting the thank you from these people, it's actually whoever it was that had them encounter, you know, what I wrote, Uh, and it came, you know, it probably resonated with them from because it came from a person who thought as they were thinking.
1: Wow, a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I'm saying I can't keep up with chat. And I, because it's the mo- it's one of resonating. those things I think we, we talked about it I know I talked about it in the whispers and echoes book mm-hmm. um, you know people don't talk about that everyone they, they, they don't talk about that shadow effect of life the shadow effect of success the shadow effect of, of, of success the shadow effect of change you know how many parents I talk to who who especially moms who I talk to who don't want They just spent 18 years being mom. Now that kid went to school somewhere and they're like, who the fuck am I? You know, and that's a weird, painful thing for a human to say, well, who am I? And who, how much of of my life was dedicated to this person and how much of, by the way, who's that person? Oh, the person I've been married to for these 18 years. We just realized we've been ignoring each other. Side note, they started a different life somewhere else that I just happened to find out about minutes ago and you're like holy shit like things are crashing and so it, you know it, it finding out who i i does t- my dark times came a lot after my mom died not and it wasn't out of sadness it wasn't out of sadness of of you know her death you know ended me it wasn't even out of that it was out of something i didn't see coming i didn't realize how much um how much I was, was being a middle child, how much I was being a, you know, Hey, look, look what I did. You know, when my mom died and I remember saying like, what am I going to do? Write another book or you wrote another book. I'm going to do travel the world. I already did that. What am I doing? Who am I going to tell? Who's going to clap for me? These, these assholes, they clap no matter what I do. They clap and they say, let's go to dinner. My mom was the only one clapping who didn't care. She clapped when I did, oh, look at my drawing of a horse. That shit doesn't look like a horse. She clapped. Whether I said I wrote a book or didn't write a book, she always asked me, you know, how I'm doing. She was always clapping. So for me, something I didn't even realize was when after she died, that um, there was an apathy, a general sense of apathy that came around me. Like, who cares? Also, I can drink myself into a stupor. I can spend money like whatever. I can do whatever I want because who gives a shit? Who's going to think I'm an asshole? This stranger? My mom isn't going to think I'm an asshole. She's dead. Like there are things that I didn't realize mattered to me. And I had to adjust, and it wasn't an overnight adjustment. I had to adjust to like, oh, I need a healthier way of looking at life. I need a healthier gauge of, of who I am and why I'm doing things. I need a healthier gauge of, of, of appropriate behavior. I need a healthier gauge of, of, of just me as a person. I need a healthier gauge of what success is. I come from people who didn't have... My parents didn't know what it was like to have a bathroom in their home until they lived in New York. My parents didn't know what it was to have a floor in your home that wasn't dirt until they moved to New York. And I was getting paid more than they ever made in any year to talk for an hour. So I wasn't genetically equipped with, what do you do with that? I would leave a place after an hour of talking. They would applaud me and shake my hand and hand me a check that was more than my mom and dad made ever in any year of their lives. Ever. I did that in an hour. That was Monday morning. My schedule for the week was packed. I didn't know what to do with that, and I didn't have anyone in my life who could tell me what to do with that. My mom was still – my mom could have had $80 million in her pocket, and she would still today be at the dollar store because the $5 store, those fuckers are crooks. To this day, she would be insulted that a $5 store even exists. Like, you see, what's this world coming to? We see we have for a dollar. These guys want five. Everyone just trying to get you. You know that would be my mom. And so, it, for me to be able to handle that, <clears throat> and nobody, nobody was able to just step out and say, "Hey, hey, the baby's ugly, and this is why." And for me, that's uh, that's huge. And you see why I have that now, and why even Melissa's story. I mean, that's your kid. I can't imagine what that feels like to know that you know i would i would imagine you want to send them a christmas card every year like you want to know who that person was on the other line of that eight 800 number to to be like let me send you a christmas card every year give you a hug give you like i can't even imagine how vulnerable that would feel and so it's um recognizing that we have that in our lives and then more importantly More often than not, people don't commit suicide and they still live with this shit that makes them feel suicidal every day. And that's where people like me come in who are like, hey, why are you miserable every day? What are the factors? Hey, what I'm saying with this this year and the the year, hey, who's who and what's what? what? What did I feel when we had to lock down and quarantine the first time? what was I saying? I said, Hey, number one, this is so interesting. This is the longest I've ever been in home. I think since 1998, mm-hmm. this is the longest I've ever not been on an airplane. Um, and it's since 1998. And so at first it was dealing with that. Um, and second, know, like, okay, who am I really happy that I can't see? Who am I really happy that I don't have to spend time with? Who am I? Who, who do I love kicking to voicemail? Who do I, you know, and, and then you all know how, how I, I take on that stuff, but paying attention to your day to day. Sometimes it sneaks in. This was a great year to be able to, uh, to adjust to that. And I see it with my friends. I see it with the family that I'm, I'm, I'm close with. And I see it with people around and I also see it with people who aren't there. You've watched. Socially, we watched the internet get healthier or more toxic, more toxic. So we see human behavior be human behavior. Remember, if humans were innately good, if they were innately good, then we wouldn't, with every ounce of civilization we've ever known about in history, whether we go back uh, 500 years, 1,000 years, we go back 10,000 years as we start to uncover these lost cities and we start recognizing that they had civilizations and seeing their buildings and their markings, what is 100% of what we see always? Some sort of controlling theology. There's a God who's watching. There's a God who's going to punish you for misbehaving. There's a God who's going to reward you for behaving. If humans were innately good, that wouldn't be true. We wouldn't 100% No matter where in the planet we are, no matter how back, far back we go to every single understood society, we would not have needed threats to behave a certain way. And so we're seeing in, we're seeing in this, this pandemic time, we're seeing some of the greatest of human feats, but we're also seeing where the toxicity comes in. We're seeing that. And so we can pay attention to that, whether it's close to us. Um, I don't have a personal Facebook page, but I know when people are talking about how toxic their Facebook page is, that's your personal Facebook page. You accepted those friends requests. And so pay attention to that. I know you went I know you went to high school with them and I know you went to whatever, they're your friends, neighbors, friends, and you met at a party, whatever it is. If they're the ones, then, then you have to know that you've allowed that toxicity in and that the, the, the quicker you get to unapologetically removing those people from your life, the, the, the quicker you can get to building something healthier. There is, no, there is no recipe that allows, you know, when you go through your cookbooks, for those of you who have cookbooks. For those of you who look online for recipes, for those of you who go to restaurants where they use recipes, for those of you who go to bakeries where they use recipes, there is no recipe that's like, and there's just a smidge of deadly poison, just a smidge. That's all. It's of all these things, ingredients, yeah, it's a smidge, a little kapow of deadly poison. There, There is no that. And there's no that for a healthy life either. And sometimes when we're like, hey well, you know, it's kind of the outskirts and I just kind of, you know, I mute that thing. So I don't see it, but we remain front. Just no, that's fine. There's no smidge of it though. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't complain that at any point in time you don't feel well or you have some sort of anxiety or you have some sort of negative thing because you allowed a smidge of poison. I, I can't stress enough how, how much I'm not allowing that in uh, 2021.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's a really good, there's uh, first of all everyone's comments. It's so, I, all you guys have a story. I just want to hug all of you. Thank you for sharing, everyone. Hugs for everyone. Um,
0: yeah, humans. I just. We have, like, we, uh, we. If you're just honest about what you experience in this mm-hmm. world, you realize that so does everyone else. Yeah. That's that's why I can go to. Nairobi and talk to someone and they're like, holy shit! like you're like one of us. I am, but not for the reason you think I'm one of us because I I have, you know, we have the Dawns, we have the Melissas. They're they're like you too. They have the same story. They're just they're just across the world from you. You know what I mean? And it and it's um the human experience when we're honest about it, is so excruciatingly painfully beautiful breathtaking aggravating enriching peaceful horrific experience it's like it is all those things and everyone's going through that and if you just have an honest conversation about it and again staying away from the from from things that are, are dishonestly talking about the experience. And, and it's the healthiest way to be and to live this, the slow and steady rise to a, to a well-lived life.
1: I think people get stuck in these stories that they tell themselves, they tell other people, and then they start to believe themselves, right? That that's like, they're just trying to keep You're stuck in up. the
0: stories and sometimes you want it to be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes you want the story to be true. I want the story to be true that the people you're good to are really going to feel bad about it and eventually be good to you also. That's, I want that to be true. So yes, I'm going to be stuck in that story. The end of it though, you're not, it doesn't, it's just not how it works all the time. Sometimes you get that very rarely, very rarely. You have to adjust for yourself. Most, Mm -hmm. most people move on forgive and move on and heal from an event, most of that 99.9% of those people who move on and heal from an event had to do so without the other person who caused that pain, meeting that and matching that.
1: I love what you wrote. Oh, actually, I don't think you wrote it. We, We just posted it. You will be too much for some people. Those aren't your people.
0: Yeah. 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 I, that was, a, that was always resonated with me also mm-hmm. because the theme of the unapologetically you book was that, you know, that, that was the, the theme of it. And, you know, recognizing that how many times you're asking permission to be yourself, how many times you're asking permission to not be someone else and then acting like other people. Like, so you, you have certain friends that you act certain ways with because that's how they see you. And, and you go through that. This is a big thing in, in for me in my 30s where you go through that, where it's, it's wait, well, I can't have this conversation with them because they're not that like, what? That's crazy. Every time I see you, I have to get drunk and stupid. That's what I have to do. Every time I see you, I, I can't. And you know, I was turning into like this version of me, especially early in my 30s. So the, the reasonable hour me, why aren't parties at from 2 PM to 6 PM version of me? Like, what's this nighttime nonsense? And so recognizing like, wait, if I want to hang out, I have to be completely irresponsible at an hour of the night that I don't usually participate in. Like you want to, you want to go out at a time I'm usually getting up from a full night's sleep. Like what are you? That's just not. And it, it takes you a while to, um, to 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 muster up the courage to do what's best for yourself, um, and that's you know about being unapologetically you. It's another endeavor that's not that easy, especially in your thirties. Yeah, in your thirties, you're still not even a decade into having a fully formed brain.
1: Wow, that makes me think. <laughs> oh, my brain.
0: Well, Steph, you, you, uh, you know, you've talked about a couple things here. Uh, so I don't feel bad saying this, but like you, you went through your own condition stuff where you had to give yourself permission to be who you are and not, mm-hmm. not what you were told to be. And, and, and that's not easy. And, and you have, you know, access to some of the smartest people in the world when it comes to this stuff. Your, your Rolodex is, is incredible and you get great advice from, from people around you and it's still challenging. Yeah. And so recognizing that around the world, people are going through that and around the world, people are having to go through that. The closest thing they have to that connection, that, that wise connection that'll tell you the baby's ugly, the closest thing they have to that is found at their local library. So you understand why, number one, it's so important what you're putting in those books. And number two, how um, how people can get swayed into something that isn't true because they went to a you know a certain section of that library.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I love here you wrote, "You'll drive yourself crazy trying to control something that isn't yours to control. Let go, free yourself, allow your mind and energy to focus on something positive to build something beautiful."
0: Really into um, saying in every possible way I can say that coming to terms with how little you control on this life is if you can get away from the <laughs> from the terrifying aspect of it mm-hmm. you realize how liberating it is and how strong you can be that means i can focus on this aspect of my life i can focus on my behavior and my environment i can't focus on how any what anyone does says i can't focus on you know what the weather is Um, I can't focus on anything like that. I can only, I can focus completely on how I respond to those things, not react. Because when you're focused on the other stuff, you end up reacting to things, right? So your primal, almost non-conscious brain reacts to things. Um, And that's, again, that's what your brain's trying to get you to do.
1: Uh,
0: But that's not what a a fruitful, purpose-driven, full life requires. Um, so once you let go of the things you can't control and start focusing on the few things that you can control, you know, your response to things instead of your reaction to things and, and those few seconds between reaction and response make all the difference for a life. They really, really do. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it a thousand more times in a thousand different ways. When you free yourself from the illusion that you control so much, and you finally embrace the truth of how little you control, you get to see how beautiful it it was orchestrated in that way, how beautiful it is, that the little bit that you do have to control, once you realize you don't control everything, when you do realize how little you do control, you realize that the little aspect that you control, your perspective and your response, That is everything
1: that that kind of goes along with what you were saying the you know shrinking yourself to fit into places you've outgrown how much how oh my gosh that would drive anybody crazy to to keep up with that and then anesthetizing the pain and discomfort
0: well we do we anesthetize so much so people say you know i have a stressful life so i do yoga awesome you do yoga You know, I go, it's an hour class. It takes, you know, a half hour to get there, half hour to get back. So it's two hours a day or two hours, a few times a week to do yoga, to reduce the stress. Also, if you just took those two hours, three days, three days a week, and just use those two hours to focus and adjust the shit in your life that's causing you stress, you won't need the yoga. You can just go to yoga and enjoy the yoga but not use it to anesthetize the pain of, of what you're doing, of what you're avoiding. Use those same two hours and say, let me focus, why the hell am I going to yoga and I'm not even able to enjoy the yoga for any other reason than it anesthetizes for a little while. And it does. Prayer and medication, meditation do that. Prayer and meditation have been proven to work. And they work because what they do is they flood. So your frontal lobes, which is where You feel the stress. It's not necessarily where the stress is caused or where the stress is chemically reacted, but where you feel it, where you, where Steve, where Steph become conscious that we're stressed is in our frontal lobe. And so we start feeling that. And when you do pray and you meditate, for whatever reason, by design, we are hopeful beings. And again, our brains evolved outward. So it was evolved for these purposes. But what happens when you pray, meditate, when you drink, when you smoke certain things, um, it actually just numbs the area that feels that stress. So you do feel better. Like if, if you know, if I sit on my leg, it numbs my leg, mm-hmm. right? And if I just hit it like that, it, it doesn't feel the same because it's numb. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I'm not hurting my leg. <laughs> just means I don't feel it as much. The same happens when you pray and meditate. It's beautiful that we're, again, designed that way, that we do have that option. It does numb the area, so you do feel less stress, but not because you alleviated any of the causal factors of the stress. It's just because you numb the area that felt it, and that's why you got to go back and do it again. Mm -hmm. So you could either keep sitting on your leg and numb it or realize, let me just fix the thing that's hurting my leg. And so... For me, again, leaning into this, it's, it's paying attention to what that is and saying, let me let me um, alleviate these stressors. Let me say, well, what, why is this a stress? Why am I allowing it to be a stress? Uh, and then you realize that it's conditioning. It's labels you placed on something. Usually friendship, usually relationship. It labels you place. so you've given people unfiltered access to your life. You know, there's levels of security passes you need. Anyone out there ever been to the White House? When you go to the White House or you go to a concert, if you do anything, I I shouldn't have went straight to White House. Uh, If you go to a concert, you do anything. There's levels of access that you get, right? You get to go in the VIP section, but that doesn't mean you get to go hang out with the band. You know, you can go into certain areas. doesn't mean you get to go knock on the president's door and be like, oh, what's for breakfast? You know, you don't get to do that. I mean, you could try. Something bad's gonna happen to you, but you can try because you don't have that access. And and we know that for those type of places. If you work in a building, most likely there's now, you know, you, you don't just walk in like it used to be, you get some sort of card, right? So you get a little card that you put around your your right, like Melissa's <laughs> holding up, you get a card, and that gives you access to certain areas, the areas that that you have, and when you try and swipe that card. Into an area that's not yours, you get a little thing that says "Mind your business," right? And so it's just, it's just that it's compartmentalized, like the military was. There are areas I was allowed in, and and I had the highest, I thought the highest clearance at my base. I was amongst those, and there were there were things, never mind places. There were things I weren't even allowed to look at at the thing in the thing, and so there's levels to everything and so we don't do that in our lives so so our friend has just complete access to our lives and we're listening to them give us advice and we're listening to them we're letting them you know this is this is a person maybe they're they're funny maybe they have that aspect in your life they're funny they're they're there when you when you call them you need them they're there you help each other you're one of the few people that when you have to move they don't have something suddenly come up like they're there they hate it and they're complaining the whole time but they're helping you right and and so you have those friends but at the same time that person has been divorced four times mm-hmm. but you're listening to their relationship advice also you're like wait a second, come on <laughs> like we, we should know to not have that, or that person in their relationships is super toxic and super gimme, 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 stress, 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 stress. And then they're doing that shit to you. They don't realize it and you don't realize it. You give them all this access and you're like, well, I guess I got to, you don't got to anything. Why? You're allowed into these compartments, but when you swipe to get into this one, no thanks. I don't ask my accountant when we need a graph or something, somewhere for, for a program we're doing somewhere and we need a graph I, I don't I don't call the accountant and say mm-hmm. hey make it look amazing and I don't do that and I don't call our graphic designers the artists and ask them anything that has to do with anything with numbers or anything that requires any deadline like you have to know they're going to create the most beautiful thing ever also you're going to want to hang yourself talking to them If you require any sort of fixed answer or anything, Mm -hmm. they just feel they do that way. The accountant, you call them and you want to get some sort of artistic point of view or a laugh. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so, and so you have to just recognize that. And I know not to go to them for these things. Mm -hmm. I have friends who I go to for babies ugly, but I don't go to them for business advice. I don't because they, again, in their life, have not shown me that they would be a person I, I'd go to for that advice. Um, and again, there's plenty of people, hey, n- none of my friends are calling me and like, how do I really spice up this party? Hey, how do I? <laughs> I don't get life of the party questions. I don't get that. <laughs> I don't get, hey, I'm really thinking of this thing. How do I look at this idea without absolutely buzz killing it and poking a million holes in it. They know not to call me. <laughs> do not call me. I am as they call <laughs> the red team. You call me when you think you have a solid idea mm. and you want someone to just buzz kill it and crash <laughs> it and poke holes in it. That's when you call Captain Buzzkill. You do not call me because you have a fantastic Dude, I heard this law of attraction stuff and it's like these people, they listen to this, they channel it. <laughs> don't call me for that one. That's, don't do that. No, it's like, have you ever, have you ever have you heard the hicks? And that's like, they don't call me for that one. But, <laughs> but when you do have a solid business plan and you do have this idea and you want to create a map towards it and you want to know exactly what you think is going to go wrong when and how to prepare for it so that it's seamless and you can go through it like a dominant animal, (laughs) call me. If you want to know how to have, hey, what's there? Bro, you live in the city, brother. What's there fun to do? I'm going into town with friends. What's there fun to do? I will tell you some shit that closed 20 years ago. I have no idea. I, I will honestly tell you something that closed 20 years ago. It happened. It happens. And so, yeah, I'm not the one to, to ask for that. So, Mm -hmm. so paying attention to that in our lives is recognizing that we have labels for people. We, I, I know I have this with adults in my life, especially coming from a, 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 um, um, a culture in which, in, in which they're still very community oriented. There, the, the hierarchy is based on what order you came out of the human that birthed you. So like my aunt, my tia
1: mm-hmm.
0: is somehow wiser than I am. <laughs> she might be, it might take her an hour and a half to watch 60 Minutes to steal a line from Rodney Dangerfield. She might, she might get fired from an M&M factory for throwing away the W's, (laughs) but in my head, in my head, she's so ever wise because Mm -hmm. that's my dia, that's my aunt. Those are labels you have to free yourself from. There are friends who, who are like that. There are friends who draw that out of you. What's the, speaking of friends, what's the episode of friends where their, their buddies coming into town and they're all like, you know, they're all excited. And Chandler's finally like, I want to go to bed at a reasonable hour. Like <laughs> that is that. Yeah, that is like that. that you have to change the mm-hmm. label of those things. You have to change the label and recognize what uh, what effect those people and those situations have on you.
1: Right. The I think that I mean elisa was talking about being bitter i think that that's one of the hardest things to to recognize and let go of your own bitter bitterness and and moving on from that it seems like it it can be really easy to get stuck in
0: well well because what what bitterness is you know it's it's to me I, i i'm never anti bitterness but but Let's just see what it is. Like, I'm not anti-pessimism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not anti any energy, any mindset. I'm not anti that. Because I, I know that we need all of it. And if you have it, it's because we need it. There's no such thing as a one-sided magnet. None. And we are that. So it's what you do with it, right? So it's... um. It, it, We need the optimists and the pessimists, right? The the optimist creates the airplane. The pessimist creates the parachute, Mm -hmm. right? But because they think that way, something good comes of it. It's the same again. Nuclear energy can light an entire city or it can blow one up. You can use, you make an electrical grid or you can create a bomb. The energy isn't it. It's how you use it. So I, I don't mind bitterness in one way. It's. It's that we always marry it to some sort of vengeful or or anger thinking. That's what that is. You can be cautious and bitter. Your bitterness actually makes you cautious. And you say, well, that sounds ideal, but there's humans involved. Mm -hmm. That's a very me thing to say because I'm cautious about the way things work. I'm cautious. The reason I say, hey, behavior speaks no matter what you feel like. If they're showing you this thing, what you wish they were showing you doesn't matter. That they're showing you, you respond to that instead of reacting to what you wish they were doing. That comes from a certain level of bitterness. You just have to use it in a way that doesn't poison your life. Because we as humans can easily, easily, that's where who, who's that quote? It's been said in a thousand different ways, but it's, it's that thing of you, you, you drink the poison and expect the other person to die. It's sometimes Buddha. It's sometimes mm-hmm. Gandhi. It's yeah. sometimes whoever, whatever that is. Someone said that shit and other people have said it countless different ways. the The reason that's true is, is that comes from bitterness. I, I, I see it all the time and I joke about it because my audience is mostly women. It, the, the quote isn't popular. The thing I wrote about it isn't popular. Uh, a lot of times, again, truth is never dressed for the occasion. And sometimes in audiences, um, when I say you can, you can be bitter, you, your bitterness, can, you could be lonely and bitter also. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, that quote isn't popular, but it's fucking true. The people I talk to who are like, and then he did this. And, you know, he's a narcissist and a sociopath, spoiler alert. And so he did this and he did that and he did that. and, And this was in like 1998. And now you're 50. Telling me what an asshole somebody was in the 90s. And then you stop it with. The most incredible carpet you sweep your own shit under. And that's why I'm single. Is that why you're single? Is that the mystery that's been solved? Because the whole time I've hearing you venomously attack someone from 20 years ago, the whole time. I've watched you let your life and yourself go for these 20 years. And I'm seeing what diet you're on. You're in the diet of vengeful poison shit. I was wondering the whole time, wow, I wonder why this gift to humanity is still single. And I'm so glad that you said, and that's why I'm single. Because I've been listening to you shit on a human being for 20 minutes when all I said is, excuse me. Which way is the popcorn? I don't even know you. We're not at a thing. We're not even at a thing. Well, he wouldn't have told you where the popcorn is. Oh, <laughs> I'm stuck on this thing. I don't know where the popcorn is because he said I. He told me eating popcorn. He called me fat. I just want to know where the. I just want to know where the popcorn is, man. I know. And so you see that. So that's. Also classified, Elisa as bitterness. Mm -hmm. Or the bitterness could be like, hey, let me set standards because it turns out I'm too nice for some people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I get treated like a doormat for it and that's fine. But I'm, you know, after 30 plus years of being a doormat, I don't want to be a doormat anymore. I get it. Sometimes you're the windshield. Sometimes you're the bug. Sometimes you're the dog. Sometimes you're the hydrant. Can I be both the windshield and the dog for a little while? Do I have to be the bug and the hydrant this whole time? Bitterness does that. All right, I'm done. Let me be done with this. That's a positive spin on on something you feel. Or you can say there's no good men out there. There's no good anything out there. And then hold everyone else accountable to pay a debt that somebody else incurred. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me where I've met somebody nice and getting to know them. I see one flag, two flag, three flags, and they're charging me a debt that some asshole did to them. I don't have any interest in in having a court case in your head to find myself innocent of a crime someone else committed. That's their bitterness. And they got what they were looking for and they killed it with that bitterness. Because if they wanted something honest, fun, true, they had it standing in front of them. And they killed it. They bled on someone who didn't cut them. That's bitterness also. So allow it. You know why you allow it? Because you feel it. Allow it because you feel it. but make it do something good because you own you. So what I found out about myself later, again, genetically, I come from people with dark shit, man. I come from really poor, ignorant, reproducing thugs. So, yeah. I could have been making more than any ancestor ever made in an hour and some of them their whole lives. And I could have been treated like a king and I could have had people telling me they love me and people telling me I saved their life. And I, and I could have flown there while everyone's cooped up in the plane like this. I'm in, I'm in this thing that lays all the way down and people are giving me whatever I want to drink. I could be in all those things and still want with every cell in my body to kill myself. So I didn't say, Hey, that isn't, that isn't the thing. I, I, I don't feel this way. I'm happy. Here's my gratitude list. There are starving children in Africa. Lentils are great. I didn't do that. Then, Hey, you come from this. See it or not. It's the same reason you'll never slam dunk a basketball. You come from this. See it or not. No one will ever be like, Hey, Love your golden blonde hair and your crystal blue eyes. No one's ever going to say that to me. I'm never going to ever hear that Mm. for the same reason why the things inside come with it. same reason why I'm so comfortable in simplicity. And as soon as I went out of simplicity, as soon as I wanted, you know, cars that cost more than the houses anyone I've ever been related to has lived in. That's when I was fucking miserable. But I had to come to terms with those ideas and then use that darkness. Use that darkness so that I can get the, now to this point, thousands of messages from people like, hey, I didn't kill myself. My kid didn't kill himself. I told, I, sh- I read that one to you guys a couple of weeks ago. That was my kid. My kid didn't. Holy sh! And I'm just writing because I'm comfortable with my darkness. Hey, you know, I get these thoughts. Hey, I'm not immune to people bullshitting me. Hey, I'm not immune from being the bullshitter. Hey, none of us are. And anyone who tells you they are, run for your life. So you take your bitterness, how do I not be bitter? You just ask that to the person who says he doesn't go anywhere. But I do know that when I do go somewhere, I'm going, it's purpose-driven, I'm guarded. I'm not lured into things I used to be lured in because I was neither purpose-driven nor guarded nor aware that the impact humans have had on me has made me cautious, aware, and that the training I've had both through reading and through experiencing has made me aware and a walking, talking lie detector. Now, what do I do with that? So allow yourself to feel that bitterness, but weaponize it in your favor. Allow yourself to recognize what's good and what's bad in this world that doesn't come from you. And that does emanate from you. Allow yourself to feel that and then weaponize it to give you the best, most impactful life for yourself and for the people around you. Don't ever negate it because it's there for a reason. It might just be you, but make it something good. Don't be that lady. Don't be that guy who who just prove themselves right all the time. They self-sabotage shit and then they're like, yes, see? Yeah, you'll always be right. As long as you kill everything in front of you, yes, everything's dead. You will forever be right, just not for the reason you think. Just so, just do your best to not be that. Shit, it's three twelve. We still good? You can just leave, right? <laughs> Everyone can just leave. I'll be the last one. It'll be me and Georgia. Like so, Georgia. <laughs> Chapter eighty five. <laughs> I'll pull up a couch. Like and then those fucking lentils. Those lentils, that was it. What else we got, Steph? Are you done?
1: Uh, I really love the, the some people create their own storms and get upset when it rains. So it really goes with what we were saying. I just wanted to bring that up, how funny that
0: is. <laughs> Hold on. So Adobe is thanking me for using Flash Player. Oh, no. All right. Um, so... What was it? What did you say? What was that?
1: Wait, Georgia, I make lentils for my kids, but I don't eat them.
0: It's so bad. <laughs> it's so, it's mean. so bad, Georgia. <laughs> don't forget to tell them that they're starving children in Africa <laughs> when they complain. You know what's really funny? Perspective is everything. Because I'm born in the good old USA.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I'm born in the USA. I'm born. The hospital. I'm born in the same hospital my mom died in. You can see the New York city skyline mm-hmm. in the hospital. I am born here where amazing food exists. Mm-hmm. So when you give me lentils <laughs> and I can't wait, like I couldn't wait to go to school and eat lunch. That's how nasty lentils are. And, but when I talk to my older like cousins who aren't from here mm-hmm. Who that's what like that was like their filet mignon. Like they, they got like, oh, lentils are so good. Like, that's why you can't be trusted, sir. <laughs> because you make statements like that. You <laughs> I'm from here. Like your lentils. Yeah, it was great because the people next to you were just falling over from starvation. I from here. I'm here, and the times I'm thinking is the Roaring Eighties. This is the Roaring Eighties. There's no reason for lentils here in the Eighties. We live in a town that has 19 pizza places, 19 pizza places, and you got lentils here. And fruit circles. She couldn't get fruit loops. Do you get fruit circles, Georgia? Get fruit loops for your kids, please.
1: <laughs> fruit circles.
0: A step. What were you saying? What was the quote?
1: I don't know, but we're all triggered by what our mothers gave us, huh? My we mom. Really
0: there was if there was a way for her to save money, and what's so funny is that she has <laughs> she still had. So she, when she died. you know, get my dad's like cleaning up her stuff and whatever you know. He go, he goes through his little process and then like slowly starts organizing stuff. And like a squirrel, she had like she had like hid away money, but like give you background, she didn't fucking need any money. There was no money this woman needed, but like a squirrel. And, and the reason I say, like, a squirrel, it was because it was, like, $8 like, <laughs> <laughs> under one little, like, coffee mug, Aww. and then it was, like, $11, like, under a shoe in a bar somewhere, like, so it was, like, all these little pockets of little dollars here and there and you you went there was it wasn't enough where it was like oh wow I'm really glad she, you know when she died she had like 50 grand in the in the shuba. Mm-hmm. it wasn't like that it was like I don't know what you could do with that because it wasn't like she died in 1402 you know it, it, she died when shit was expensive still so it was I don't know what she was plan. I would love to ask her something that mm-hmm. silly like Hey, what's with the eight dollars you were hiding in your shoe by the way whats <laughs> what's with that yeah. but, uh, but you, you, things you'll never know but uh, in in my head, just having grown up with her
1: uh-huh.
0: um, i I just remember she, she would we would take there's a beach in the town, like a public beach um, it's a it's a coastal town and, and so there's a public beach. That wasn't far away. And so our summer camp was basically, you know, wank, wank camp. Our summer camp was that our mom would take us to the beach at like 9 a.m. as soon as she could without murdering us. She would take us at 9 a.m. and bring us home at dinner time. Like, so you ever go anywhere and there's just unsupervised, annoying kids? Mm-hmm. Me and my brother for most of the 80s. And so my mom would would take us and we were allowed to get an Italian ice. For those of you who don't know, it's this little cup. It was a yellow cup. And it comes with like a little wooden spoon, a little wooden shape of a spoon. And you would scrape it. It was delicious. Most delicious thing, right? It's Mm -hmm. just sugar ice. And those were, because this again the 80s um 25 cents right? right so i would i wanted the cherry cherry was my favorite and so it was 25 cents a quarter a quarter of a dollar <laughs> so when we'd have like neighborhood kids who'd wanna come because it was like so cool because you know my mom would just drop us off sometimes she'd go there but She'd just sit and read a book or something, and we were just chaos, annoying the world. She'd say, "Yeah, your friends can come, but everyone brings their own quarter." <laughs> that was my mom. Yeah. Everyone brings their own quarter. <laughs> that that was her. So yeah, I get triggered sometimes, and just yeah. how happy, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, how happy she was to save anything, anything, uh, anything at all
1: so funny. Oh, Georgia found fruit loops in one supermarket. Boom.
0: Wow. Boom. Um it it's uh it's fun to have those memories mm-hmm. because you also realize like even when I just heard myself saying my mom trying not to kill us. Like I really think my mom was trying not to kill us someday. <laughs> like, if you just think about her life, sometimes I think about her life and her perspective and just like, yeah, she was probably trying, like there were probably days like where she was like in her own, however she would have, she was a, like, she was a lady. She wasn't me. She wasn't the female version of me and my dad for sure. She was a lady. So in whatever her lady thought process was of, If I don't take these fucks to the beach, they we're going. I'm going to kill them both. And not 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 just kill them, but like start at their toes and just enjoy the whole process of slowly murdering these two. I really. She, however, a princess would say that Mm -hmm. is how my Ramai mom thought it. So I really do. I joke, but also it's summer Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you're poor and you have no money, but two kids and you live in an attic on long Island. You can't have them in the house because you'll all die. Mm -hmm. And so they have to go outside, but they can't just run around because the neighborhood you're in, is all wealthy people who want you around when it's time to unclog their toilet and paint their house, but want you invisible otherwise. And so that level of frustration mixed with two young kids mixed with, she's at the time like 22 years old. So she's a baby. And both of her kids are like, who, what, when, where, why, how? Who, what, when, where, why, how? It's hot. Why is it hot? Why is everyone else playing? Why is it doing? What's with this lentil shit? What's all the lentils? What's all that? Can I have a toy? Can I have a toy? Which toy? I want a toy. He wants a toy. I want a toy. What's his toy? How come he gets a toy and I don't get a toy? How come? And so there is no way this woman did not constantly contemplate murder. And also, I really do feel that it was the driving force of why as, so, as soon as, as, as far back as I can remember, there has been a box of wine on the counter. <laughs> like not a bottle, like the boxes that have like, you know when you go to Starbucks and take coffee to go, mm-hmm. like, for, like a, for the office or something, and it comes with the little thing that you squeeze, yeah, like and it just sprout. comes out like a little spout? Mm-hmm. She had one of those of wine that surely was for like a party or just for her kitchen counter, like for any occasion. I really think that that's why, because she had that. So she would sometimes just be like, Hey, you go. And if you bring any of these folks, they bring their own quarter. Cause I've had it with all, all of you. And plus she was married she was married to my dad. So that if you were going to add anything that you were to say, Hmm. Was that a stressor or a stress reliever? I'm going to go with stressor and adding him. So she probably go back to that bitter. She was probably like, no. And if those fucks come, they bring a quarter. I've had enough of you men in my life. But a like second, we're fine. You men are just going to keep asking, asking. No one's going to say thank you. No, I... I remember my mom going off like that sometimes. And I'd be like, so we do or don't have a pencil? Because I was like, hey, do you have a pencil? 20 minutes later, and another thing about you selfish fox. And I'm like, so no pencil I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with no pencil. And so, yeah, I think that that was, that was one of the ways to go yeah thanks for the mom flashback You're so good so good i i can't tell you how often i get those stories even like in the dms still where people are just they go on and on and if i and if i engage back which again I'll, I'll tend to as much as i can i did more when i traveled more because i did it at airports i'd sometimes just have an hour or so at an airport so I'd just go down and voice memo everyone hey tell me what you got going on wow that sounds good what happened then what happened next you know i'd have you know basically dm uh conversations with these people and so many of them were were that were the 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 toxic the toxic results of bitterness
1: i love the (laughs) uh i love this i i just want to end with this like really positive thing you wrote I don't want to turn back my odometer. I don't want to forget how far I've come. I'm proud of the mileage of my life's journey. I'm not ashamed of the wear and tear on my body. I've come this far and some of the roads weren't paved. I'm still here, still on my journey. I'm proud of that.
0: I think that's what we're all talking about, right? Yeah. That's what we're all talking about. And and the way that we, you know, when when Dawn writes, hey, I need a moment, Mm -hmm. like that you having the wisdom to say that there are countless hilarious stories in which you did not have the wisdom to say that. And so, yeah, exactly. So we know that. So when we look at our odometer and say, yes, yeah, sometimes I handled it with the eloquence and grace of a gentleman and other times you'll all be shocked to hear not so much. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think that that's Owning that is fun. Plus, the, the things that I notice I I most repelled against. Wait, do you repel too? No, you repel against. So well, most repelled against is when people aren't that. I I, th- I think that one of the things I'm most spiritually allergic to is just general bullshit. Not even that as much as people who don't. Uh, Steph I don't remember what book it was but I was kind of pointing at this because I thought like we were kind of like all in on it like I, I thought like yeah of course this and of course I'm medicine and poison of course we've been the 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 good and the bad. Of course, you've been the the hero and the villain. Of course, we've all done this. Of course, like you know, Dawn mm-hmm. instant Dawn instantly started laughing. I was like, you didn't always answer like that. Mm-hmm. She instantly started laughing, and, and you because we know. So I thought we were all just in on it like that. But there are so many people who aren't in on it. Yeah, right. And their lives are a hundred to nothing. They're up as a hundred percent people wrong, and they're a hundred percent right, and. That one of the books I wrote, like, hey, the the difference between my crazy and your crazy is that you don't think you're crazy. Like, that's the difference. We're all experiencing this. It's just that you don't think you are. So recognizing your odometer, recognizing the scars, recognizing that is, to me, the human experience. That's what makes it funny and tragic recognizing it when somebody calls whoever was on the other line of those suicide calls, it's recognizing, yeah, you're in a shitty spot. And then you work from there instead of, no, life is great. If it was great, I wouldn't be fucking calling you right now. That means you're just not listening. I already have that, again, why I'm calling you. Mm -hmm. But if you just acknowledge, oh, shit, that's horrible. Let's go from there. Let's move from there. Then you can work from there. And, and so when people don't know that or they act like it's not true about them, it's like such an instant turn off for me where not only are you acting like you are impeccable, but that that you aren't even capable of the idea that you're wrong. We all know people like that. Some of us have been in relationships with people like that. And spent years maybe trying to help them with a problem that they don't think they have. That's a great, fun way to waste your time, right? We all learn that usually the hard way. Usually we end up being told that the problem they have is, wait for it, also in your head. Also in your head. You can't, there's nothing you can, you can't, you can't do anything. You are better off going, oh, you pretty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, we love you. Just start singing some random crazy shit because that's going to be as effective as you trying to help that person. You just start yelling, you sing the chitty chitty bang bang song because that is more sane than you trying to help a person who has no idea that they need help. That's all. I don't know. I got the chitty, chitty, bang, bang
1: stuff.
0: I guess we're done. Does anyone have any questions? Anyone want to reminisce about any other old British shows like Chitty, Chitty, Bang, Bang? Yeah, well, that's the thing where you have to where Melissa writes, um, going through that with someone uh, that is leaving uh, uh, suicide or uh, feeling suicidal uh, makes you question parenting. You know what that is? Is like that's, that's why it's so important to have these conversations so you can see what causal sources are. When I'm telling you, anyone at my times when I was feeling that way, anyone would have looked at my life. They would have not seen any reason. There was no aspect of my life that most people wouldn't kill for. I even saw that. I couldn't explain why. I didn't know why. I just knew that I was feeling it. Imagine imagine something did go wrong at that time. And I actually had some sort of calamity. Who knows if this that conversation would even be happening? Who knows? But I, I've always, it's, it's always, um, the, the, I didn't know it then, but I know it now that that's been true of every type of person who does what I do, who every type of person also that, that endeavors to succeed, every type of person that has those type of, uh, of, thoughts like impacting the world and that kind of stuff um they all have and they're recognized for this bright light and that's beautiful um but like anything else the brighter the light the darker the shadow that is true and it it always happens that way the greater the night the worse the hangover it's that same thing and and that's that's just how that goes so i'm aware of it now i'm aware of negativity when it pops up i i know when when i need to address certain things in my life or if i just need to go outside it could be something so simple or go for a run or go you know um train or do whatever it is but um but yeah what you say is true we opening the conversations to this you know and all those celebrities that that do open the conversation about mental health um and, uh, and are able to do so and get past the criticism of it, I think is, um, is huge. It's huge because it's, it's what gets people understanding people like your son, when he's in that situation where he gets to understand like, Oh, okay. I'm not the only one who's ever thought this. I'm not the only one who it it, it isn't necessarily uh, my weakness or my parents sucked or my Work sucks, or my girlfriend, uh, the only girl I've ever loved or wanted told me I'm garbage, whatever it is. People say shitty things to each other, whatever it is. Um, he's able to see, like, oh, all right, this is a thing. And, and now that, you know, water, water, which is, which is the most fluid thing in, in our life, water passes the, the, goes through the spots of least resistance. And so do our thoughts. So him becoming familiar with that, me becoming familiar with that, the people who become familiar with that have to always know those thoughts can come back because it is a it is a road that's already been built, and your brain can bring you back there. So you build the mechanisms. Hey, last wow, well, when I come here, this is who I call. Hey, when I come here, I come here. When I do this, I do this, and and uh, this is where I go. This is what I do. Now I know I have a protocol for it, and um. All of that happens when we're able to talk about it freely.
1: Yeah, I love that. Share your stories. Really.
0: All right, yeah. folks. Well, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. I hope. But How cool is it that in Australia you have Christmas in the summer? How cool is that? Now, do they still show like american christmas shows like like do they still show like frosty the snowman and that kind of stuff and and or do you have your own versions of that stuff because they don't show anything christmas here could you imagine turning on nbc and it's like it's like uh frosty the sandcastle like could you (laughs) imagine It, it all takes place in the summer No,
1: we we get all the American stuff.
0: I I thought so, and 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 it's um it's a uh, it's a great time. I know that in South America, a lot of uh, the family that's in Chile, the Maraboues in Chile, they they are always uh, inviting me down for. Oh, you've never you don't know what it is until you spend Christmas on a beach. I'm all for that. I can get used to that quick. I can yeah. get used to that quick.
1: Lots of barbecues.
0: Yes, that's, I love that outside and plus it's Australia. So it's always going to be a good time. That's it. Folks, I hope you have a great Christmas. I hope you have a good time with your family. I hope you have healthy opportunity and time to, uh, to reflect on, uh, on your life, reflect on the year. This is a good time to do it. The good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, don't forget this community here is here. It loves you. You could send me a DM, send me a um, a message. I'll 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 see it. You can also uh, just check out our show. And if you want to wait till the end of the show to to ask a question, you're welcome to. If you want to ask a question that you want addressed on the show, but hey, don't say it's from me. That's fine too. You know, we're all just if you feel it, other people feel it. Uh, Look, when I mentioned a couple of things here, like Steph was saying, the chat was going crazy. If I feel it, other people feel it. I'm not unique in this. We just, I've, I've been so comfortable with it for so long that I could usually make it a funny story. Even though during some of that, when I was experiencing it, it was horrible, but you could turn it into a funny story. And again, that's, that's where the power we have is the power to respond, the power to, uh, to reshape the power to to send that into the universe. And even like with my mom stuff, this little group hears those stories. The big group doesn't ever hear those stories. They'll never hear those stories. I, I did Mom on the Eighth Floor. I did Keep Your Eyes on Your Own Plate. Those are in books. Millions of people have read that. My mom's story is forever wisdom and helping and inspiring. And I, we get thousands of messages from people who are like, dude, I love that your mom looked at it this way and your mom looked at that way. And in my mind, I know, like I share with you, they weren't always great stories. And it wasn't out of wisdom. Sometimes it was out of not murdering your children. But I get to clean that up. And I get to apply the wisdom. Even 10 years after she's been dead, I get to apply the wisdom and retell her story. That's where our power is. That's where that goes. And so when you're reflecting and looking upon your life and, and what you can change going into 2021, you could change going into Thursday. Think about that. Think about the story you're telling through your actions, through your inaction. You know, a lot of the times that I was the doormat for some people, The story I was telling wasn't one of action. It was one of inaction. Who knows if some of those people were like, he's not going to say anything. He might think it, but he's not going to change. We're just going to do it. Whatever. Through my inaction, I was telling a story of I'm your doormat. So think about the things in your life where you, through action or inaction, allow for things in your life. What? What labels you place on yourself through the way you behave or the way you don't behave and, and see if that's what you want. And if it's not good news, you get to start changing that. It doesn't happen overnight, but the decision to change happens instantly. That's where our power is. And then you slow and steady bring your life to where you want it to be. The people who really love you and are for you are clapping and paddling and the people who don't are not clapping and they're drilling holes when you're not looking no matter how much that hurts pay attention to who's who and what's what hope you all have a great day i love you all we'll catch you next time